I'm Red Robinson, and these are the legends of comedy. Jonathan Winters was one of TV's funniest comedians, and I asked him which he liked better, TV or the movies. I love television, and that's where I, whatever name I've made, I, I made in TV. So I, I certainly uh, would never say anything, you know, against t- television. But I, uh, I must confess that movies, had, we all know, have a tremendous impact on a global basis. That's right, yeah. and uh, they reach an awful lot of people. I, uh, I, I think that they're uh, the the magic of movies. There's a lot more magic to me than there is in TV. Uh, you you sit back, and I, I still go to movies like like most of us. And I know the cameras are just two feet away, and uh, the boom mic's here, and the mountains uh, might very well be paper mache or something. But <laughs> I, uh, I love pictures. I miss them. I, I think most of us. I, I'm not alone in that. Uh, would love to be doing more movies. When you started out, you did the uh, disc jockey thing in uh, where, where was it? Dayton, Ohio. Yes, uh, I started out. As a matter of fact, uh, way back a long time. It seems long to me. Uh, 1949, I was on WING in Dayton, Ohio. That's where I was born, and I grew up in Springfield, up north of there in a little small town. But WING was 5,000 watts, which is a pretty good size station, really. I in those mean, days, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my uh, story, uh, which is, uh, it sounds rather trite, but it's a true story. I, I was going to art school, and I didn't have a wristwatch, and... And there was an ad in the paper one night. I have to laugh when I think about it. And uh, they said, uh, the article said in the paper, they're having a, a show, an amateur show, down at the Colonial Theater, which is now long gone, as I've been gone from there. But they, um, they were having an amateur show, and they were giving away a wristwatch. Turned out to be a very cheap watch. As I remember, I still have it. It's a Gotham. I don't know of anybody in the world except me that has a Gotham watch. I think they... I don't think these were even made in Japan. I think they were probably made in or Taiwan or Korea. They were made somewhere, in, probably in Tibet, um, by a guy who was exiled there from Taiwan. But at any rate, um, I went down, and they, the article said, the guy or gal that wins this show gets a wristwatch. So my wife gave me a shot in the ribs and said, hey, you get yourself down there. You're supposed to be funny. Uh, and go down and, and see if you can win the watch. So I won the watch, and lo and behold, about a couple of days passed, and a guy from WING, I guess it was the manager, called up, and uh, he said, uh, how would you like to be a disc jockey? And I said, well, gee, I, I'll be very honest with you. I, I think that'd be great, but I don't have that much knowledge of music and spinning of platters. I'm certainly not mechanically inclined, so if I don't have an engineer to work with, I'm dead. And he said, don't worry about that. At that time, they had money. A year later, everything went went out the window. But he said, we'll have an, uh, an engineer for you. You don't have to worry about the music. It'll all be picked. Uh, we think that your comedy is uh, is strange and uh, <laughs> unique. And I said, so is your rest watch. And uh, so he said, come on down. And uh, lo and behold, uh, that's how I started. I, uh, I had reservations. It was funny. Here I was, a, a great career starting out in... I came home that evening, and my wife said, he said, think it over, give, it, give yourself a day or two uh, before you commit yourself to this. And I said, okay. And so I went home, and I said, Eileen, uh, they want me to be a disc jockey at WING. And she said, well, how much are they talking about? And I said, well, they're talking about $65 a week. And she said, when would you work? And I said, 6 to 8 in the morning. I said, that's the bad part. I said, you see, during the war, I got up so early, 4 o'clock. Right. And I said, I don't want to get up. She said, for $65, you'll stay up all day. Get down there. So 
that's how I started in radio. But that interesting story, if you don't mind repeating it, I know because of your type of humor, you hate repeating things, but just for my benefit, please, the story about how you couldn't get guests and how a lot of your characters were born out of that show that you didn't. Well, it's true. I, I don't know of many small towns, certainly around Canada or the United States. I always think of a guy for some sake of a name of Moose Jaw, you know, yeah. in a station saying, is there any chance of our getting Laurence Olivier on today? You know, he's passed through, he was over in Calgary and he was down in Edmonton and over in, in, in uh, Alberta and, and maybe, you know, and so he's just here for a few hours, maybe his car was uh, caught in the snow or something and they wouldn't get him on the, on the show, but I never, never got anybody and I knew I wasn't going to get anybody. I knew when I, when I sat down that first day at the microphone, I knew no star would ever sit beside me and, and, and give me a few minutes. And so I created characters. I had to. And I, I thought it'd be fun to interview people. I got a, letters you wouldn't believe. I mean, I, I do things like, um, well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's an Italy. It's uh, just 12 minutes past the hour, uh, 12 minutes past 8. Temperature here is about uh, 54 degrees. And uh, it's a fascinating thing has just taken place. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Kurt Stefflinger. He's the, um, uh, now with the American Bob Wire Company, but uh, formerly uh, with uh, the development of uh, nuclear reactors in um, uh, outside of uh, uh, Topeka, Kansas. Uh, this is fascinating that you're with, uh, were a nuclear physicist and had these reactors, and now you're with the American Bob Wire Company. Just what do you do with the, uh, uh, I know there's so many questions, and I'm so thankful for you to, to come by. This is fascinating here at this hour uh, to spend these, this time with it. Well, I am just, I saw the light in the window here at WING. And I said, I want to go up and talk on the radio. Well, that's thank you so much. We love to have people come by, especially important people. Um, tell me, sir, uh, what about the American Bob Wire Company? Just what is it? Well, it's for chickens and people. Chickens and people. Yes, we, the Bob Wire keeps out the people and the chickens. Thank you. And now we'll have a record here by uh, Glenn Miller, who was popular at that time. But that, that's how the characters that's came That's how the characters came out. Maude Frickert and uh, Elwood P. Suggins. Uh, I was a great uh, follower of your uh, television series. How long did that last? I think about uh, no more than a day and a half. Oh, really? No, seriously, it, it lasted two years. It, to me, um, for all the years I've been in show business, which is, this is my 25th year in show business, I think that it was the one format as far as I'm concerned. I, uh, obviously, I guess I was wrong with what the networks thought. Uh, I've been wrong there a number of times. Uh, but I felt that it was the right format for me. It was uh, what I like to do, and the way I've worked pretty much all along is the improvisational approach. And um, I'm sorry that, uh, it, that it still isn't on, because it was a, it was a fun show to do. And uh, we had... I must give credit to Mary Gregory. Uh, I don't know how many people up here in Canada. I don't know. I don't think they got the show here in no, Canada. Um, but uh, Mary Gregory was the gal uh, that worked with me uh, regularly over the the past couple of years. She's a great lady, a great actress, and uh, I think a lot of uh, stars and uh, leading men. Uh, uh, people say uh, they forget about uh, the, the people that support you and she certainly uh, more than supported me she really held me together in a number of ways a number of areas and uh, uh, a great great gal but the guests we had uh, 
for the most part, uh, 95% of them were, were fantastic. The, the stars that, that I was able to work with, and I, I really enjoyed it. Did you uh, find the schedule a, a little rough when you're doing a, a television series like that, early morning to late at night kind of thing, uh, as compared to doing commercial work now and appearances whenever you feel like it? Well, it's, uh, it's a tough schedule. It isn't nearly as tough as uh, the people that are doing a, a, a film series. Those are really long hours. Then you're getting up at anywhere from 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning to get to the studio by, uh, according to where you live in the, in the area. Uh, but uh, those are really long hours. That's going from dawn to dusk. I must confess, I was fairly lucky in that I would come in uh, maybe um, uh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning and we would shoot until 8 o'clock at night, and uh, 8 or 9, and uh, we would go for, for 3 or 4 days. and. Uh, just shoot constantly all day long. Uh, that's a tough four days, but then you'd have months off, you know. Someone said that, uh, I don't know who the actor was, that uh, he can reach more people and uh, make an equivalent amount of money in one or two or three days doing commercials than you could in a whole year of motion pictures. Well, I think that's very true. Um, a commercial, now I, uh, I'm doing this commercial, as you know, for Hudson Bay Company, and I also done uh, other commercials. Of course, I have the Hefty commercial for the mobile oil people. Uh, With hefty garbage. garbage. <laughs> hefty bags, and uh, also um, the Good Humor ice cream people. And those two commercials uh, alone, uh, I've, of course, been there or with them for, um, uh, I've been with Hefty now f uh, five years, and uh, Good Humor a couple of years. and. Those uh, literally put my kids through school, and uh, what little funny coats I've got on my body and shoes. So um, it's been a, a great break for me. I you got to go do a prison uh, yes. thing here for the Bay right now. Well, uh, you've done so many characters here. Uh, I've done the last so many few days. characters. Red, I don't know who I am again. <laughs> John, we hope you come back up and uh, visit us again and uh, do some more commercials for the Bay people. Well, I can only tell you, and I mean this. Uh, I suppose Canadians come down and and, and say things. Uh, I, I always hope they say uh, what's certainly in their hearts and on their minds, uh, and the same thing true of Americans. Uh, many of us uh, uh, talking in front of microphones uh, or in front of cameras uh, say things that we feel uh, we must be very diplomatic and this and that, but I say this very honestly. I, I found Vancouver to be a, a lovely city, and the people have been uh, fantastic to work with and uh, I've known and had the fortune to know a number of Canadians and uh, I, I it sounds almost like Will Rogers uh, from the standpoint I never met a, a man I didn't like I've met a and contrary to uh, Will Rogers I've met a hell of a lot of guys I didn't like but I, I haven't met too many Canadians that I didn't like and uh, I found them to be very sweet people and you know me uh, we've talked about I collect soapstone and God love the Indians and uh, the Eskimos they, they put out some fantastic work and uh, it's been a joy here to run down through Stanley Park, and I, 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 I saw a little beaver just for a moment. He, he was eating, I must confess, one of the big, bigger totem poles, and I didn't want to report him because obviously he has to eat too. Got legends? We do. RedRobinson.com.